The following content is not politically correct. Viewer discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? Yes, so this is the new show. Monday nights at 7 p.m. I plan to do this um, and go live for um, about an hour, maybe. Just depend on how long we, uh, you know, we can talk about some stuff. Maybe more. Um, so before I kind of get into it, um, I do want to just kind of present to you. I don't really have a sponsor for this stream, but I do want to, you know, send you all over to my website, um, just sarahigdon.com. On here, you can see my links to everything. As you see, I'm on like everything. Um, so go on there. You can get some of my other, uh, you know, different appearances that I've done, all the articles I've ever written, and some of my radio interviews. And if you do support me there and you want to uh, donate a little bit, there is a um, donor box link in there as well. Um, as well, I am planning on possibly extending some of this to my Substack. So I'm looking to branch out, do more, you know, um, just do more exclusive content on my Substack. I also have subscriptions based on YouTube. You can catch this stream on Rumble as well. It's live everywhere. Um, actually, it's also on Twitch as well. So you can also find it on my Twitch channel. Um, but so I wanted to... So I've been wanting to do this stream for quite a while now. I've, I've had it planned. Um, I didn't know how I wanted to set it up, but I wanted it to be more, you know, an average news show, um, not necessarily talking about my normal content and culture and, and all of that. Um, I, I want it to be more of an interactive show. So, you know, comment, um, do all that stuff. Now, I didn't really think I was going to be doing this show alone. I've always wanted to, I've always wanted it to be with a co-host because sometimes getting on here and just talking to everybody like this is a little bit daunting. You just don't know how the flow is going to go and it's just me giving my opinion on here. So I always like to have somebody to bounce things off of, um, but here we are. And now I've had two co-hosts lined up. Um, in the past, I've probably, been, like I said, I've probably been thinking about this show for over a year now. I've had, like I said, two co-hosts lined up in the past. And then those co-hosts, uh, before we could launch the stream, they got pulled to do other shows for organizations that they were involved in. Uh, but that just tells me that they were actually the right fits for co-hosts because they had something to offer in other organizations. Like I said, that, that were, um, they got paying gigs. So, um, I thought now, why not now? Perfect time uh, to launch the show. So again, thank you all for joining me um, and supporting my work. Um, you know, um, yeah, I know I haven't really been on here that much creating content. I won't lie. I have been um, it, just the creative juices really haven't been flowing for me. So maybe this will get me out of the funk that I've been in. Um, and we can, and we can push it. Um, Joe, wh where's PNW? Where, where's PNW? I'm not, I'm not sure where that's at, <laughs> but thanks for joining. Thanks for uh, stopping in. Um, and yeah, so up first, um, the first thing I, I wanted to kind of go over is, and it's on the first thing it's, it's build on there. Oh, Pacific Northwest. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously it's on the um, it's on the docket. I know I said I wanted this to be a new show, but the first thing I, I kind of want to talk about and we'll go over is this new Tennessee bill, right? The, the anti-drag bill. Um, and so let's just get, get into it. because I have it pulled up here. And so obviously this has been this has been promoted as an anti-drag bill, which um, I read it yesterday. I kind of want to read it out today. Um, we can talk about, you know, just talk about it a little bit because 
usually when you see something in the news, I've noticed you, you, you see it all the time. You see that there's a narrative that they're pushing. And so these bills get brought up all the time. And when you go in there and you look at them, you realize that they're not, you know, what the narrative is. I mean, the don't say gay bill in Florida did not literally mean you can't say gay in Florida, obviously. Um, so ooh, wrong button. So, so like I said, I, I kind of want to talk about this and see if I can blow this up for you real quick. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of want to talk about this bill. So again, this has been promoted as an anti-drag bill or an anti-trans bill because you're saying you can't even cross-dress in public, um, which seems a little extreme to me. Uh, you know, obviously there are bills that um, out there, like there's one in Utah, I believe, that is promoting that, um, you know, you can't have, you know, you can't get gender-related care, like, um, you know, trans care up until like the age of 25, it's banned, which I think is excessive. I think that the, you know, 18 is our age of adulthood. If you're, if you're wanting to change the age of adulthood, then that's a conversation we can have. But um, I think if you're an adult, you have self-ownership over your body and you should be able to do with it, you know, as you please. So that's a little bit extreme. Um, but then there was another, yeah, misrepresentation of a bill. I believe it was in the Northeast. I forget what state it was in that they were talking about amending to change ID laws. And they, when it passed, they said this law, you know, will prevent trans people from existing, prevent trans people from all this stuff. And, and literally all the law said was that what was designated on your ID could not be used, did not have to be used for future laws. Um, in terms of like what your, you know, you, your gender that you were, you know, on your ID did not have to be used to determine, you know, like what prisons they would send you to and stuff like that. And so um, it, it was just a misrepresentation. But let me see, what is that? This is a good point. So Joanne says, it's been amazing to hear the cognitive dissonance from people complaining about the drag bills, yelling that parents should have the choice while also taking away parents' choice in education. I mean, that is, I mean, it's absolutely true. But on the other side, they could say the same thing is we are taking away parental parents' choice for this type of stuff. Um, and, and screeching about education. I would, I would say that, you know, sexualizing kids is not a parental choice. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit of a misnomer from the other side. When you look like that, it's like, yeah, taking your kids to a drag show is like taking them to a strip club. Um, I don't know. I've I've never been to a very, you know, child friendly drag show. And most of the, you know, a lot of what we've seen online. Yeah. None of that's none of that's good. And then like drag queen story hours, they don't even ban drag queen story hours. The thing about the drag queen story hours is I, I've kind of always talked about it. They kind of take away the um, they've literally re- replaced clowns with drag queens, and I don't really think that is promoting the acceptance that they think it is. Um, it, it just doesn't work like that. But onto the bill, so. When you, so basically, if you don't know how some of these bills read, um, I don't know, I don't want to insult my audience, but I also want to, I mean, sometimes, a lot of times in bills, they, they have a, se- a top section to where it explains and gives definitions of stuff, but it's not really what the bill is. And then you have the lower sections, which are um, what the actual bill is and what it does. Now... This bill is just amending a, I think it's, it's a, it's their adult oriented performances statute anyway. So again, you can't take kids to strip clubs. And so this is just kind of amending that to add in drag shows. 
So the language, the new language states adult cabaret performances. So that's what they're adding is adult cabaret performances. Means a performance in a location other than an adult cabaret that features topless dancers, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prudent interest or similar entertainers regardless of whether or not performed for consideration. So the first thing I, ha- I thought about when I read this, and I can see where some people are starting to get a little bit worried, is when it says male or female impersonators. Um, like that would be, does that, because some people would consider me a female impersonator imitator or impersonator right um so some of the extremes might say you know i am a female impersonator and so would i not be able to perform at all like would i never be able to sing or um you know couldn't even go to karaoke if it was if there was you know um if it wasn't in a cabaret area so that's what they're trying to get at but that's not what it is and and what's really key here again is this word prurient. And I had to look this up because it's key to this bill. And so the definition of prurient is marked by or arousing an immoderation or unwholesome interest or desire, especially marked by arousing and appealing to sexual desire. So that's key because it's all about creating sexual desire. So think of a stripper as arousing males. Um, A drag performance would meet that criteria where kids are present because drag is inherently sexual. And so that's, it's an anti, it's a drag bill that basically says that you can't do drag where where there are children present which that makes sense. I actually think that that is a good bill. It has nothing to do with trans people or performing or anything like that. But I do question how far this goes because if Taylor Swift performs at the Bridgestone Arena, which is the uh, arena in downtown Tennessee, and she has, again, drag queens or even trans people in there, Again, if you consider trans people, female and male impersonators, would that be a violation of the law? Because there would be a reasonable suspicion that Taylor Swift may have kids at her show. I don't know. I think that that is going to have to be up for the courts to decide because the courts eventually will decide this um, and how far that goes. It will be... You know that as soon as this gets signed into law, the ACLU will take it to court and it will be a First Amendment case and we'll see what they ultimately decide. Um, I think that they will side on they, they, they will probably side to say. It's going to be a judgment call, right? Yeah, Joe, that's a good question. So Joe asked. Will let me see, pop that up. Will Nashville start arresting drag queens at the Pride Parade? Um, that's what it sounds like. That um, that is a that's what it sounds like. Now, again, there's a level of interpretation I think that you have to look with this because of that word prurient. It's how sexualized is that performance? So what we've seen in other videos from Texas and Florida, like the one where the Florida, like they pulled the li- their liquor license and all that stuff. I, I don't know because um, like that is, that would absolutely violate this law. But if it is just a drag queen that's not doing any like sexual performances, does that violate the prurient aspect of this law? So um I think it, it kind of goes again into like indecent exposure laws. What would be considered indecent exposure? Um, but I, 
it's like I said, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna come up to um it's gonna come down to what the courts rule. And I think there's gonna be plenty of lawsuits on this to um unfortunately there's gonna be a lot of lawsuits on this to see what um you know to see where this is because there's gonna need to be legal precedent set. Now, if you go down a little bit further, it does it does I kind of skipped skip this part and it talks about it is so and sections this is the new language in the, in the section so it is an offense for a person to engage in a an adult cabaret performance on public property or in a location where the adult cabaret performance could be viewed by a person that is not an adult and then basically the legalese so again i honestly i don't think that they're going to be allowed again in nashville and um, I don't think they're going to be allowed to have drag queens, period, at Pride. And I say that because I've been to Nashville Pride. In fact, Nashville Pride was the first Pride event I've ever been to. And it takes place at their state capitol, which, again, that's public property. Um, and then, yeah, the parade would be um, public property as well. No, you're right. So Jeannie says drag in general is not kid friendly from experience. Yes, I've been to a few drag shows. I'm not a huge fan of drag. Just everybody knows I I can explain that. But the unhinged side of the LGBT need to accept that fact and protect kids at all costs. I agree. So I've also said, I mean, I've said this on other shows. I, I think you can have you can have kids at Pride. You can have kink at Pride but you can't have both. And it's the same with drag. Drag is kind of the same as kink is where you can have kids at pride. You can have drag at pride, but you can't have both because again, drag is inherently sexual. Um, Like Jeannie said, I've been to plenty of drag shows. Um, I don't like drag because it's interesting. I've had this like revelation through my experience with drag. So initially um, when I first started to kind of come out and who I was, it was like 2014, 2015 timeframe, uh, even 2016. But it was like drag is what people thought of then as what trans, like that was the, per- they were the ones creating the perception of what it was to be trans and they really have nothing to do with each other. Um, and then you know, between 2017, 2018, things start, you know, trans people became more visible. But, you know, so they became more, trans people became more visible. That perception dropped. But now we have kids at drag shows and they're now correlating it again with the trans community. Not to mention the trans community has kind of, forced their way into the drag community, which is a whole other thing of itself. I remember when RuPaul had said to be trans and to do drag was like taking performance enhancing drugs. And that makes sense because you have surgeries, you have hormones in it and it helps your, helps your aesthetic, right? When you're, when you're transitioning. So now it's all conflated because you have trans people doing drag. You have gay men that are still doing drag the key is that drag is inherently sexual and should not be around children. Um, I, I'm with you, Joe. Um, this law is a little bit interesting. I mean, I'm with you. I, I think that it leaves too much open for interpretation. Um, what will be allowed, but at the end of the day, and and again, I think you'll, you're going to see some First Amendment stuff. But at the end of the day, um, I think that you are going to see drag taken back into the bars where it probably should have never left. Um, and the only time that you may see possible, you know, rest- I, not restrictions, but um, the only time you'll see possible... Um, was it maybe that maybe at pride they'll have to get like a permit to do this i don't know 
Um, but I think overall, um, the law will end up being a good thing because it will, will protect children from, you know, these, it, it will, it will end up protecting children and keep them from being sexualized. Um, but it will remain to be seen because again, once this gets passed in a law, you know, that like the ACLU and everybody else has, um, Yeah, you know the ACLU is going to have lawsuits and everything like that. And yes, Joanne, you're right. I think the vagueness is an issue and it might get struck down on that grounds. You're right. Because it, it it's so vague that it they could very well put it into a First Amendment stuff. Like the on-public property aspect of it, that, that could very well be a First Amendment. Um, that could be the First Amendment challenge right there. It's like, you can't do this on public property, but you have a first amendment right to do what you, you know, kind of do stuff on public property. But at the same time, you can't be naked in public. You can't be naked on public property. So there are indecent exposure laws um, that can be violated too. I I don't know. I think, um, I thought the vagueness of the parental choice bill in Florida might get that bill sank too, but it hasn't yet. It's, it's kind of held up. So, um, you know, this, this bill, um, I don't see this. This is one thing I, I I've worked with enough lawmakers to, to where I know that some of the vagueness gets covered by local ordinances. And so what they will do is they'll put this out. It'll be in vague. It'll be vague. And then it will be up to the counties or the local city governments to basically enforce and then define what is vague in here. That's kind of how, you know, the law kind of works. It's, I mean, it's decentralization, which I like, um, but sometimes it's when it's so vague like this, it could bring the whole bill down. But again, like I said, I think it's actually, it's, it's not, again, it's not a, it's not a bill that like they like they've been claiming it is it's not this bill that has it's not this anti trans or anti drag bill it's it's literally putting drag back into the bars which again we'll see and i like i said i think the only time that that really matters is come like pride time is what do you do during a pride event um but that remains to be seen. I guess we'll uh, we'll watch this kind of play out. But now I want to shift over to CPAC. You guys may have seen Michael Knowles, CPAC, um, talking about transgenderism being eradicated from public life entirely. So if you haven't seen it, I'll play the clip real quick. Oh no, you guys don't have audio. Thanks for telling me. Um, why is that not playing the audio? Let me see. I'm gonna remove it real quick. present. Oh, you know why? I think I know why. There's a button I didn't click. Wait. Yeah, I gotta be on the actual tab. Okay. All right. No, um, what? It's it's a it's a technical issue on my part. Um, 
if I'm sharing my entire Chrome screen, it can't play the audio. So I have to share the individual Chrome tab. It's just, it's kind of weird like that. But now we should get the audio. Okay. There can be no middle way in on? dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody, too. And if it's false, then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. There can be no middle... All right. This is this is this is interesting. Um, it's been interesting to watch this on Twitter the last you know day or so because there's been a lot of back and forth on this. So I, let, let me see if I can just jump right to this. See if I can. We'll switch. Share this tab instead. All right. So obviously, with those statements, um, I mean, there was publications, left-wing publications out there that were saying, basically misrepresenting what Michael Knoll says. Now, I'm not going to defend what Michael Knoll says. That's not what I'm about to do right now, <laughs> because I don't agree with, um, I don't agree necessarily with what he said. So... Here is the first, let's see, pop up, come on, okay. The Daily Beast had reported Michael Knowles says, wait, no, never mind, it's not that one. It is this one. So at first they reported, Michael Knowles says transgender community must be eradicated at CPAC. Now, obviously, Michael Knowles did not say the transgender community needs to be eradicated. This is a misleading and false headline, and it says this is genocidal underneath it. Go to the next one. It still says this is genocidal, but it actually just corrects what he said. Let me see. I think that there's another one. Yeah, so Rolling Stones, CPAC speaker calls for transgender people to be eradicated for the good of society. Um, and then they changed it to transgenderism needs to be eradicated. So I will say that, like I said, obviously we saw what he said. It said transgenderism. Yes, transgenderism can be a euphemism be synonymous with gender ideology which is again if you've if you've watched my stuff is based in queer theory which is postmodern neo-marxism which i am not a fan of so you can look at it you can look at it like that i want to get rid of queer theory um but to say and this is where this is where words actually matter to call it transgenderism instead of saying gender ideology is absolutely taking this and creating drama. It's going to create the buzz that it has for a reason. Michael Knowles knew what he was doing when he said this. He knew that this was going to be the reaction. It was very much a troll on the left but this is also what he believes. Um, there's a lot of different ways to say this, but what we don't need, I, I, again, I don't agree with um, how he said this. I think it's very much wrong. 
um, for for the way he said it to and and it really does nothing to move the needle to his side. All it's going to do is rile up his base. That's all it's going to do. But to lie like these organizations did and a lot of these leftists have done also does nothing. They played into the troll. That's what they've done. So there is one thing that I, I saw one of my friends post yesterday and I don't have the, the I don't have his tweet. And this is something that I, it actually changed my perspective a little bit on this. It doesn't excuse the inflammatory rhetoric. Um, it doesn't excuse again, like this is just a troll. Po- this is just a troll statement. He knew exactly what he was doing, but a friend of mine posted to eradicate transgenderism would be to cure gender dysphoria. I think that's being generous. I don't think that's what he meant, but it's an interesting take because I would be absolutely fine if we could actually cure transgenderism or we could cure gender dysphoria. We can't. It's not like, I mean, our diagnosis are suffering right now. So right now, the best treatment we have is to transition for the most extreme cases like me. So, (laughs) but at the end of the day, that's not what he meant. Like I said, I mean, curing gender dysphoria would be absolutely awesome. Um, We don't have a cure for it. Dr. Sellett transition as a cure, which is a complete lie. Um, Nobody that has gender dysphoria and that's transitioned is cured. We still, you know, we have dysphoric feelings. Um, It helps alleviate those feelings, but it's not a cure. So if you're looking at it like that, I think that there would be something to say about it. But again, that's not what Michael Knowles was doing. Michael Knowles was absolutely trying to stoke the division that we've already seen to rile up his base to get him money to get him clicks he knew exactly how this was going to work and the left played into it and here we are today talking about it this is exactly what michael knowles wanted um do i think that michael knowles actually wants to genocide you know 1.4 million people in this country i don't I don't think that, um, I don't think that any of these, I I, I think these people want to eradicate an ideology. They, like I said, they they, want to, yeah, they want to eradicate this ideology. And I do too, quite honestly, I, I would like to eradicate queer theory from public life. I mean, Marxism is not good, um, but again, to call it transgenderism is to is to stoke the fire, and that's not how you win people over. Like I talk about this quite a bit because I'm in a very unique position, being kind of in the middle. Um, I see things very nuanced. Like we were just talking about the drag bill before, I see things in a very nuanced manner, and so to To say that, you know, when I talk in these manners, I'm usually, I'm not trying to win TRAs over. I'm not trying to win, you know, the social conservatives over. But when I talk about issues like this, or I talk about the issues on the, on the far, on, on the TRA side, it's because there are people that follow, you know, the extreme TRAs that are winnable. That's how you win hearts and minds. So you, you kind of, so I've talked about this with the pronoun game before. There are people that I don't respect um, in the trans community on the left. But most of the time I will use, I, I use their proper pronouns that they want because I don't, I think the moment that you misgender somebody, they turn their ears off and they stop listening. And they, so those, those winnable people, have now missed your message completely. 
it's 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 the bare minimum we can do to try to win over some in the middle. Um, and so I understand. And I said it, I, I talked about this in my Rhode Island speech. If you haven't seen my Rhode Island speech, uh, there is a link to that video um, in one of my uh, playlists, my appearances playlist. I do understand that there are, everybody has a role to play in this fight. You have people like Michael Knowles, who is going to stoke the fires in the base of his people. I don't think it does, it's as effective as people like to think it's going to be. You have people like Billboard Chris, who does a great job out there on the street, calmly talking to people, giving them facts, and and filming it. And so he's winning people over every day when he's out there. And then you have people like me who is trans, who is able to calmly and rationally create and, you know, um, put out these types of messages and talk to people. And then when I go to events, again, talk to people with facts and, but also show enough respect to the extreme on the left, that those in the middle that are winnable are more likely to come over. Everybody has their roles to play. Um, and I think that we can be effective with multiple roles as long as we are working together. And look, I'll talk about this a little bit now. I actually have my cheat sheet right here. These are all the bills in Georgia that I'm working on with uh, no left turn education down here. Um, some of them I'm not really as much working on with them, but there's um, the big one is we're trying to ban puberty blockers or we're trying to ban um, medicalization of children in schools or we're trying to, we're trying to ban the medicalization of children um, in Georgia. Same bills we've seen everywhere else. So banning, you know, life-altering elective surgeries, banning cross-sex hormones. Um, but the thing about this bill is it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't ban puberty blockers. And this is how just entrenched even on the right they are, is I had a, I had a Republican senator argue with me that puberty blockers are fully reversible. That was a interesting conversation, but that was somebody who is a Republican that was arguing this. These people, they need facts and they need it to be talked to them, but they're not so entrenched in the day-to-day um, arguing about all this stuff that they still believe that the lie that, you know, if you go on puberty blockers and you come off of them, there's no Ill, Ill effects. You will just go through a normal puberty afterwards. Like this person was so adamant, yet they, you could tell that they had no idea how doctors prescribed puberty blockers because he was saying, you know, they can go through puberty, they can take puberty blockers till the age of 18, then come off of them and go through a normal puberty. Not realizing that nobody prescribes them like that because they're not safe for long-term use. They're not studied in nearly that long-term of use. And even the Dutch protocol, which the Dutch are getting rid of because it's not used properly and they've never been able to recreate the, the results, starts puberty blockers at 12 or before puberty. And then at the age of 16, you start taking cross-sex hormones. So just that little bit of information let me know that he had no idea what was going on. Um, and so, again, that's how little information even these people that are passing bills know about this stuff. Um, and if we're ever going to get through to those on the right then, or those on the left, I mean, if we're ever going to get through some of these, you know, Democrat senators and Democrat congressmen and even Democrat governors, you're not going to do that by stoking 
you know, the trans that transgenderism needs to be eradicated. That again, that just shuts people's ears off. I, I don't think it's the right messaging. I again, I know what he's saying. I want to get rid of the, you know, gender ideology and queer theory as well, but that's not the way to do it. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go through. But yes, Joe, yes, you're absolutely right. Queer theory is setting us back as gay men, lesbians, and trans folks. Now, if you've ever, I mean, if you've watched my stuff, um, I've talked about this quite a bit, is the Q is erasing the original LGBT because postmodernism is, postmodernism, basically they say that there is no such thing as absolute truths, which we know that that's, <laughs> that's a preposterous statement in and of itself because that's an absolute trait. That's an absolute statement. If there's no such thing as something, it's an absolute um, but if there's no such thing as absolute truth and there's no such thing as sexuality, and which is why you're seeing people say, if you don't date trans women, you're a bigot. Like if you're a lesbian, you don't want a trans woman's male organs. Um, you are a bigot. If that's what they will say. Um, if you are a trans, or, so, so again, and then even again, even transsexuals used to fit in the binary. Like it used to be LGBT and T and the transsexuals, we fit into the binary. There was still a binary aspect of, we knew what we were transitioning from. We knew what we were transitioning to. We still, transsexuals still do. But queer theory does not allow for, again, transsexualism to be a thing because they don't want to admit that there is a binary. That's why they hate people like me and Buck and Blair and Marcus and all the other transsexuals out there that call ourselves transsexuals. So you're absolutely right. It is very much setting us back um, as a community. Um, so, yeah, Joan, I, I mean, that's... I, I won't disagree with that. I... I have a very hard time using they, them pronouns. Um, that is one area where I don't tend to go. Um, I do have a couple friends that go by they, them. And if I remember, I, I, I try to, I try to respect that because they are good people and I, I don't know what they're going through, but I'm not very good at it. I'm not very good at it at all. Like, it's not something that I think about. Um, it's I always use he for this person, and I do feel bad, um, but n not so bad that it, it, it keeps me up at night. Okay, I mean, I, I respect this person. Um, and actually, I will usually, if somebody goes with they, them pronouns, so this is what I actually tell people for me, because people ask me this all the time. And I don't know if I've ever spoke about it on this show. If people ask me, what I like if they want to respect me and they, but they don't want to use she or her pronouns for me, what should they do? And I will usually say, just use my name. Like Sarah is my legal name and that's fine. So that's usually if, if somebody's going with they, them and I respect them, then I'll probably just use their name. Um, and actually it was interesting because I wrote a whole, a whole article in human events um, about Dylan Mulvaney, where I didn't use a single pronoun to refer to Dylan because I don't respect Dylan. But again, what I was talking about earlier with pronouns and people on the left that are gettable, they'll hear it and then automatically shut their brains off to it. And I've, and I've actually seen comments on Reddit about me that people are like, Sarah doesn't usually, I've never heard Sarah misgender somebody. And that's, and that's, it's, it usually works out pretty well for me. Um, let me see. Yeah, so Joe says, uh, propaganda about puberty blockers is wild. Dr. Marcy Bowers has stated that some kids will never have an orgasm into adulthood. Yes, I've, um, I did a whole video on that. I talk about that all the time, actually, because that is a very it's a key aspect to a lot of this, right? So Marcy Bowers is, 
hot and cold. She's one person that generally, um, she's one person that generally I kind of kind of white pills me a lot because she seems to be waking up. Albeit slowly, she's waking up. I mean, recently she said that she, she thinks that there is probably a social contagion aspect at play, and that's 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 good. That's new. That's that's great. I mean, she her waking up has been um, again. It's been slow, but she is also the president of WPATH. So hopefully, the guidance nine will have some good news in it right I, I hope so i think everything we're seeing around the world we're gonna start seeing even wpath have to cave and um you know issue new guidance here even well before they normally would so um psych psycho to yeah so thank you yeah i it's been it's been a little bit interesting um, like the last few months have been fun. So Timcast was amazing. And then going on to, um, Kibby on Liberty, which is on the blaze going on that. That was, uh, I love Matt and Terry Kibby. They are amazing people. So it's been nice. And it's been, it's been interesting seeing my name come up on, uh, yeah. Some of the other big, bigger YouTubers, um, channels as well. Like, uh, Jeremy from the quarter mentioned me the other night. So that was interesting. So it, it's, it's been fun. It's been, it's been a little bit wild. So <laughs> I'm still getting used to some of this. Um, actually, I, so yeah, I love buck too so much that I am, I got my, tr I'm actually drinking out of my tramp on mug right now. So yeah, um, Buck has always been pretty liberal. He even says he's a liberal, and they still hate him. And this is where it's like, you know, respect your elders has never taken hold because they don't respect. They don't respect anybody they don't agree with, even though these people have been through it. They dislike anybody that they disagree with, so they're going to go and, and hit hard. Um. Yeah, so Joanne, you're absolutely right. So the inferior part of me is a woman or man that presents as that gender but demands the use of gender neutral pronouns. I agree. I I have this thing like when I see especially like on dating apps it's really it's really interesting because you you do you see people that do nothing to change nothing to be you know gender nonconforming or any of this stuff but yet they I mean they they present with full beards and they you know wear suits and they basically are your average looking man or average looking woman um and they go with they, them pronouns. It, it's really weird. Now I could see like, and I still probably wouldn't do it, but again, the people that kind of do this are not people I generally hang out with, but I could see like, if somebody was like, um, Oh, perfect example. Shapeshifter is my friend, right? Shapeshifter does go with he pronouns or I think so. Yeah. goes with he pronouns because he's detransitioned. But if Shapeshifter wanted to go with they, them pronouns, I could see it because Shapes is a detransition man, but dresses very um, feminine. And so I could see doing that, but I don't, again, I, Shapeshifter, I don't think would ever go with gender neutral pronouns because the people that generally go with gender neutral pronouns are not people that are on our side usually. <laughs> Okay, um, the new ruling on USA powerlifting. Now, I would have to go and look at this. I have not really looked into this one yet. Um, 
I believe it's saying that trans women can compete in powerlifting and women's powerlifting, which again, if you know a lot of stuff that I do, I do not agree with males competing in female sports period. Um, because now again, if you, if you've never gone through male puberty, there was always something to be said about not going through male puberty, but we're at a point where we're, we need to be, we shouldn't be, you know, pausing hormones there. Cause there was, I will, I will say there was a point in time about a few years ago that it was probably one or two years ago that I would have, I was actually a fan of the Dutch model a couple years ago, but we had enough information come out that it's not, it's not a good thing. And so I'm completely against, um, you know, gender transitions for minors. Again, even probably even as of a year ago, year and a half ago, I may have said that we could have had a conversation about, you know, with heavy gatekeeping, we could have had um, no puberty blockers, but we could have looked at transitioning people at 16. But we're at a point now where you can't, I mean, because of the way that doctors have acted um, in the, in pushing this, you know, the social contagion aspect of it, then I think, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, we, we can't even look at that because it's not even plausible in the current environment that we're looking at. And I don't think that, I, I think that ship has kind of sailed. Um, but when it goes to sports, there is no amount of estrogen suppressant or testosterone or uh, testosterone suppressant and then with estrogen that will ever erase the biological advantage that a male has by going through male puberty. And so the studies show it. Um, and it, it's interesting because I, I've kind of talked about this a little bit with, um, with my own personal experience. I started out going to the gym I've been an athlete my whole life. I was in the army for seven and a half years and I started going to the gym and I never really rode a bike in that way. And, you know, taking spin class and stuff like that, but I got out there and within a year, my power numbers were in the 80th percentile among women. Now, could you imagine if I had been a cyclist my entire life as a male competing in men's cycling and possibly elite swim or elite cycling and then got on a bike and try and after a year i would have i would have been a world class cyclist even as a mediocre cyclist i would have been a world class cyclist just by you know switching over to the women's division so there's no advantage yeah there's no advantage or there's no you can't erase that advantage um, as a as a male that you've gone through male puberty. It's just not, and it's not fair. It's not fair. It's, it's an affront to title nine. Now USA powerlifting is not governed by title nine or title nine, but it's still the same, same, same effect. Right. Um, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Now I kind of joke because like I said, I haven't read the USA powerlifting stuff. Um, I wrote the article in the post-millennial about USA rowing the, the same time because USA rowing has full self-ID now because you just have to be a, you just have to self-ID prior to the season and you can compete as a woman in um, female rowing. And it's interesting. I have a friend that I go to the gym with who is a, who is an Olympic rower and he's a gold medal, gold medal rower. And he, yeah, so he's, he's a gold medal rower and he, I joked with him one day when that, when I, when I wrote that article and it, and I put, and it got published, I said, just asked him, I said, are you going to compete basically until you die? Because once you can't compete with the men anymore, you can just switch over to gold medal or you can just switch over to women's rowing and, and dominate over there. And we had a good laugh, but it was, um, it's not funny. It's, it's a very real reality that people have right now um, when it comes to that. So um, I, I think it's, it's all kind of, um, 
yeah, it, it, it shouldn't be happening. We need to protect women's sports. Otherwise, we will no longer have women's sports. It'll just be sports. Um, let's see. Let me see. Um, yeah. So the whole trans women and women's sports debate makes me glad I only play co-ed soccer and that if I ever transition, I will be able to play because I don't count towards the gender quota. Yeah, you know, this is one thing that I've even, um, I've wondered even about like rec play. I've debated because one of my favorite things to do, I love to play pickleball and I'm pretty good. And again, I've, I've played pickleball for quite a while. Actually, I haven't really played that much. I just started last year, around this time last year, actually. And I got pretty good. But and we've had some tournaments um, since I started playing, but I haven't played in one because I don't know what I would do. I don't feel right playing on a co-ed team with a male because that would not be right. We would have an advantage. I don't feel like playing... I don't think it's right for me to be playing singles in the women's category, even though it's rec play. It's a a rec tournament. And I don't necessarily want to play co-ed with the females or even play in the males on a men's team. So it's just one of those situations where I just kind of, for now, I'm staying away from like tournaments, even though they're not like, anything major tournaments i'm just staying away from tournaments because it wouldn't be right for me to compete even though again it's for pride it's like pride tournaments you know (laughs) um i went i it just i could compete again i thought about getting a female partner and playing um co-ed with the fe- with a female partner and that would probably be one of the only ways to do it i could i could play most because this is the thing most people wouldn't most of the f- women and most people would they would just be like no play with the women's teams but um just knowing my friends and stuff like that like everybody's like why aren't you playing and, and if i tell them then they then they're like that's crazy um because i live in atlanta so again atlanta it Everyday life is not the same as um, it's not the same as online, but at the same point in time, I don't want to. Um, I, I have to stand by my principles in that regard, so that's what I do. But okay, so um, I'm wondering if I should talk about this last article. I don't know. Let me see. Um, I wonder if I if I if I should get if I should end the YouTube stream and only go over onto Rumble. If you guys aren't signed up for my Rumble channel, it is just Rumble.com/slash Sarah Higdon because I want to talk about this new article that just dropped today from the blaze but it's talking about covid so i don't want to get a strike on my youtube channel (laughs) so i don't know if i've already gotten a strike on my youtube channel because i did say some things about the trans issues in here that youtube might not like which is why you should also go follow me on, um, yes, go follow me on Rumble because if I get banned from YouTube, I will be over on Rumble as well. Um, I can keep these streams going over on Rumble while ending them on YouTube and Twitch. For right now, I'm going to probably do that. And then, um, but if you, if you can go support me on my Substack too, because I will probably start making some of these, you know, more spicy videos, um, 
over onto a members only section of Substack. Um, I do want to start doing a lot more members only stuff on Substack um, because I do have video on Substack, which is great because I can I can use it more like a Patreon where I can write um, some stuff and you know um, and I, like I said I have the subscription here on YouTube if you want to subscribe here on YouTube. Um, it would be appreciated, but I think you will get more value if you're over on Substack. So again, thank y'all for joining. I am going to cut it off. Like I said, go click that like and subscribe button below. Um, I'll see you guys next week. I will probably, I'm, 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 like I said, hopefully this gets the creative juices flowing again to where I can, I will start, you know, posting weekly videos again. I'm just, I've been in a little bit of funk. And so I'm getting back going, um, and this is kind of the kickoff to that. But, um, yeah, so if you see, again, you'll see when I put out videos, and I'll put out some of the clips from, from this episode in the next couple of days as well. And I, um, so yeah, if you're on YouTube or Twitch, I will, and you're not going to move over to Rumble, I will see y'all later. Thank you so much for joining. This was, this was interesting. Yeah. Talking for an hour by myself is kind of, uh, it's different. So thank you for bearing with me tonight on this um, first episode. Again, thank you guys.